Hello. Welcome to Guys Being Studs, episode 29. I'm here as Daniel Lutzai, your host, and right next to me is my other host, Mitch McCarthy. How are you doing, Mitch? Did you just say my McCartney, last... McCartney, McCartney, I'm sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> This guy is just brutal out here. I mean, Jesus. I know. I mean, it's not like I'll take it now because now, I mean, JJ McCarthy being on the Michigan Wolverines is probably the closest I'll ever get. You know, I was looking at the podcast notes, bro. One letter. I was looking at the podcast notes and I was looking at McCarthy. So that's kind of why I screwed it up. But we are episode 29 here at Guys Being Dudes podcast. Um, we are going to be talking a little bit of NBA, a little bit of Michigan and Michigan State, and then our predictions and kind of the updates on what team is going to be better by the end of the season because we talked before the season, and I kind of was just not as optimistic on Michigan State as uh, a lot of people were because I just thought that Michigan State was a new coming um, team where they're just basically trying to rebuild and go back to the spot they were before, which was a Big Ten championship winner. So how do you feel about Michigan and Michigan State? I mean, we should just jump into one of them right now. I'll yeah. just say Michigan State since we started off with talking about Michigan State. So how do you feel about them right now? Yeah, I mean, well, I don't like your decision to start out with Michigan State. That's about a C- in my We're always starting off with but. Michigan, though. <laughs> <laughs> we got to start with Michigan State this time. You got to start with a better team, though. Right, Michigan State. No. What are you talking about? Wait, what are you talking about? I think that Michigan State has more of a... um got absolutely clapped this week. Wow, what? <laughs> oh, oh no. That was my video <laughs> message um, about my fantasy team. I was scoring over 130 yeah, points. that's what he says. Average PPR for the past three weeks, and then I score 80. 80 points this week. I had no t- or no player that scored over 10 points, and it was just horrible for me this Yeah, you week. made a mistake. You should have never sent that to me. Yeah. Or a group chat that I was in. You didn't send it directly to me. It was a large group chat. I, I like to send to it. Uh, well, because I'm the only one that sends, like, voice You're the memos. only one who gets his cheeks clapped. Well, yeah. Uh, oh! I think I lost by the lowest amount of points, like, scoring for a loser within, like, the past four weeks. So when I was scoring, like, the most points, most points, and then I scored the lowest points, it was like, what the fuck happened to my team? And it was because Christian McCaffrey went out. Hey, I've been there before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chuba Hubbard team all day. Chuba Hubbard didn't play that great. All right, let's uh, let's do our jobs. Yeah. Let's get into the episode here. Um, starting with Michigan State, unfortunately – Team looks pretty fucking good overall. I think this is undoubtedly the best team that you guys have had since 2015, which was your playoff year, where you you know you went to the playoff and then Alabama, 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 Alabama. It's like when girls try to like make things cute, so they add a Y at the end of everything. Oh my god, (laughs) names that do not deserve to have a Y at the end. It irritates the hell out of me. Look at cute little Alabama, Alabama. Anyways. (laughs) You guys went to the playoff, faced Alabama, and they walked you like a dog. Yeah, they did. Absolutely killed you. But it was the worst. Yeah, hey, you did great, right? We, I've never even gotten to Indy, Indy, so yeah, you've done a lot better, right? I think he's the best team since 2015, which is probably D'Antonio's last good year. I mean, no, you guys were solid in 17, but 15, you were absolutely an elite football team. That was our best team. Yeah, for 100%. 100%, yeah. Um, Jaden Reed, man. I think he keeps looking better and better and better. Yeah. He had a punt return, not last weekend when you guys played Western Kentucky, but the weekend before yeah. uh, against Nebraska. And it kind of was a special teams whiff 
Um, but it looked like a 40-yard dash, honestly. I mean, the guy just – he's got elite speed. He's a great route runner, awesome hands. You combine that with Jalen Naylor on the other end, you get yourself a pretty nice receiving core. And then you got Peyton Thorne, you know. He hasn't blown the doors off, uh, in my opinion, but he hasn't done anything wrong. He, he He's a great game manager. Yeah. And I think you could do a lot worse at quarterback in the Big Ten. I mean, and I think he went 20 for 30 with three, over 300 yards, one touchdown, and he completed a touchdown. And he, he only got one against Western Kentucky, which they allowed 31 points uh, scored against them, which was kind of ridiculous in my opinion because we should have just blown this team out, let, held them to maybe two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I mean, Western Kentucky, I was hearing some things before the game that they are a pretty good offensive team. So I don't think you should be too upset about it. That being said, what did they give up? 31? 31, yes. That's a little high for me. I I would like to see that uh, under 27 for sure. Yeah. Actually, really under 20. Yeah. I'm just saying Mitch 27 because. Mitch McCartney status over here. Yeah, just Mitch McCartney's at like, 27. Yep, 27. that's the number I needed. Under, no, I'm going by touchdowns, people. Oh, but, yeah. But, um, yeah, I would like to see that a little bit less. But The, uh, the connection I, between Thorne, Naylor, and Reed was beautiful, to be honest with you. It's good that they're carrying this into more and more games, every single game, to be honest with you. They're very, being very consistent with the passing and the running with uh, Kenneth Walker at the third. It has been miraculous, too. I mean, I love to see this team offensively. They have a better team, in my opinion, than Michigan offensively. Um, it just they have more of an established passing game, and Thorne has just been – Knocking the lights out. Yeah, that I'll agree with you on. The more established passing game for sure yes. is in Michigan State's favor. I don't think you guys have to question uh, if Mel Tucker is the guy to lead the program anymore. I know it's only year one, and I know most of the players uh, that are making plays for Michigan State right now, a lot of them are grad transfers. And people will say, oh, well, what are we going to do when the grad transfers leave? You know, inevitably, obviously, if they've already – in college, they've already graduated. They're not going to be there that long. What are we going to do when they leave? Yeah. Well, I think that obviously shows Mel Tucker's ability to be a great talent evaluator and a good recruiter. So I really don't think you guys are going to have to worry too much from a talent perspective. Uh, at least, I mean, you guys will be fine in the big time. Well, scouting players in high school is more of a farming system, and it takes more time to get those players to come to your college rather than having a bunch of transfers come over. And you're going to see a lot more progress um, for long term when you're scouting for players in the high school level. But when you have transfers, um, that's going to make your team better now. Um the thing is, is that Michigan State, they just got lucky with the amount of transfers they were able to obtain. Well, I wouldn't say they got lucky. I mean, they could have played anywhere they to wanted to. To be honest to. with you, with a team that was on a downhill tread, trend. Um, they knew opportunity was there. Yeah, and they had to take that opportunity, and they had to shoot for that window because at the end of the day, Michigan State was not good at all. And out of nowhere, we got lucky that we got the interest of all these players to come over and transfer to our team, and we're now seeing the results of that. One thing I do want to bring to light that I think is pretty concerning if I was to be a Spartan fan, which make no mistake, I'm not. <laughs> As Danny could <laughs> oh. confirm for you. <laughs> I'm wearing Michigan plaid pajamas right now. This guy's always ripping on me for being a state fan. I just don't understand. Like, what do you have against Michigan State? They're just a small program, smaller program on a scale compared to Michigan. I was grandfathered into this, okay? I didn't have a choice. I watched my first Michigan Before game. Before your I sister like, graduated from Michigan, you were a Walmart fan, okay? I don't want to hear it from okay, you. Okay, this guy just get it. <laughs> 
my cheeks got absolutely clapped. This <laughs> is that your rebuttal? Is that the best you That's got? That's all the rebuttal I need, <laughs> sir. Uh, one thing I just want to bring to light before... Well, what were you going to impress there? If you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, that's true. You can tell that Tell that to uh, Tennessee and Ole Miss. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Here's a McDonald's bag that doesn't have McDonald's in it. There might be $5,000 in here. Yeah. Please come to our school. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, one thing I do want to say about Michigan State, though, I would be a little concerned that uh, the last... Two halves of, uh, well, second half. Last two second halves of your last two games, you guys have only scored 13 points. Oh, I'm scared. Okay. Well, looking at our schedule right now, we have the Rutgers. We have Indiana. The Rutgers. So we have two wins already right there. So we're going to advance to 7-0. I'm going to just predict that right now before the Michigan game. And then October 30th, we're going to march into Spartan Stadium, and we're just going to lay the pipe down on Michigan. The woodshed, as yeah. Mel Tucker likes to call it. We're gonna I be a lumber like name. <laughs> we're gonna be a lumber yard just chopping wood. A all lumber day. yard at the woodshed. It's gonna be a lumber it's yard at the woodshed. Chopping wood all day. I don't know why. And then we got Purdue. Bag, and then we got Maryland. And then we have the two hardest games of the year, Ohio State and Penn State. Well, looks looks like uh nine and three for you guys. <sighs> no. We're at least getting ten wins this season. If it's not going to be against Michigan, it'll definitely be against Penn State. All right, let's 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 transition to Michigan here. I'm I'm sick of this Sparty bullshit. Let's go with the pros, okay? Hey, Harbaugh did something that he wasn't expected to do. That was a positive thing. How many not times? Not wear khakis. He, what? Not wear khakis. Yes, that's that's. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Nah, I was kind of over the khaki look. I'm glad he switched it up a little khaki bit. Khaki crew. The khaki crew. The khaki crew. Yeah. You and you Michigan fans. First step to to being on Jim Harbaugh's staff. Must wear khakis to work every day. Oh, yeah. But, uh, no, he we got on, went on the road against Wisconsin. Weren't favored. Wisconsin was favored by two. We got a dub on the road. That's the first time that Jim Harbaugh has got a win on the road. On the road against an underdog. Now, it feels very good to say that. We, it's, it's a chip off the block, you know, something that Harbaugh has definitely accomplished. We're 5-0 and for the first time since 2016. This is a team that doesn't make mistakes. We still have no turnovers. We rank 31st out of 130 Division I F- college football teams in penalty yards. We only have 202, 202 penalty yards. So this is a team that doesn't make mistakes, and the defense looks very, very improved under Mike McDonald. I'm starting to like that hiring. I wanted to comment on that also. I was going to say that Michigan's defense does look better now. Don't uh, they look like a lot, a lot like the Ravens? Way more structured, I guess you could say. Way more, um, they're just better formation within every play. I think that Don Brown's defense was not better it was than too aggressive. Mike, current Mike McDonald or Mike McDonald's defense. Yeah. Don Brown's in my opinion was just way too aggressive, you know. And it it worked the whole time. Basically, that's why it always looked so good, which not that it wasn't a good defense, just maybe in philosophy it wasn't great. You know, it looks so good because Michigan obviously is a upper echelon college football program that gets very very good talented recruits. So, you know, Don Brown for those of you that don't know, was just running a defense where it was like, hey, everyone blitz, and let's see what happens. So that's why Michigan's defense looked great until they played Ohio State, and they actually went up against an offensive line that could block them. 
and receivers that could burn their secondary. And I mean, they how. had talent too on the defensive end. Oh I mean, yeah, they had Chase Winovich. They've had uh, Sean Gary, Rashad Gary, Devin yeah. Bush, Jordan Lewis. So you had all these star players not be able to get through the Ohio State line. What? Are they going to have to do this year in order to make adjustments on a smaller scale like that, just slipping through the offensive line or maybe making p- big plays when there's a pass down the field, not getting a pass interference call called on them? So, like, this is the small stuff that I'm seeing that Michigan was basically giving up in the years before this year and now going into this year and looking at them this year. They have stepped up on those, like, on those areas, but the thing is, is that. I feel like that's all going to go out the window when they go up against Michigan State. So are those so what are the kind of things that Michigan's going to have to basically bring to the table when they play teams like Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State? You literally just described my like m- my experience as a Mich- as like as an adult Michigan fan. It's like Michigan's great. They do all the things well, and then they do absolutely none of those against our rivals. Yeah. <laughs> Happens every year. Why? Um, that's the reason why I bring that up though. I, I, you know, it's, it's a question that. Cause it's a yearly has, thing. Yeah. It's, it's a yearly thing. And it's pondered me forever. I mean, really since Harbaugh came to U of M and I don't exactly have like a good answer for you. Like I can't be like, well, you know, uh, they're running, uh, this formation against Ohio state and they should be running this formation. And that's why they're not having success. Cause it's not that it's that. For some reason, I believe that, you know, Michigan has a culture issue, uh, an entitlement issue, and I don't think they come with the mental edge going into that game. I, I think oftentimes, uh, and a lot of people I know with agreed with me, that I think that uh, Michigan plays looks like they play scared against Ohio State. They just don't have the right energy to be able – to win against that good of a team, you know? I mean, you can have, you can go into a game half asleep and beat, you know, Rutgers. I know Rutgers is a lot better this year. Let's call it Northwestern because they're horrible this year. You know, you can go into that game half asleep and beat that team, but you can't do that against Ohio State. And I think the difference between, you know, a program like Michigan and a program like Ohio State or Michigan State who actually has uh, a resume of defeating teams that they're not supposed to defeat is that you have to go into those games even more hyped than you are when you know you're walking in the stadium and you're going to drop 52 on Western Kentucky and, you know, it's, it's going to feel like a scrimmage, you know? Exactly. You, and I, that's what I don't think that Michigan brings. And I think, you know, one thing that's great about – just great about watching this team this year is they seem to be doing a lot of things right that they did wrong in the past. Now, like, we'll have to see what happens, of course – until they play Michigan State, until they play Ohio State, as far as the whole energy and the culture side of things, you know, we'll have to wait and see what that happens. But the actual, like, on-the-field play has been very different. We haven't had a running game like this in a while. I don't remember the last time that we've had two, in my opinion, I'm not going to say they're equally talented backs. I think Blake Corum's probably the more talented back. But two backs that, fit this system perfectly and they both have a specific role and they execute it very well. You know, Blake Corum is your open field guy, uh, speedy, shifty. And then Hassan Haskins is your battering ram, you know, your first and goal, second and goal, whatever give to Haskins, you know, third and short, fourth and short, that's Haskins. Um, 
I, I'm really, really liking what I see from this Michigan team so far. I mean, there is a few. Well, I don't. What's your opinion? I just wanted to kind of dive deep into Michigan. Um, talk, talking about all spectrums of the ball, all areas. So when you're going to go into this game, Ohio State against Michigan, you're going to want to look at a few areas. You're going to want to look at quarterback. You're going to want to look at, obviously, the receivers, and you're going to look at basically the defense, the offensive line, and then the secondary linebackers too. So you want to look at all these areas. You have two quarterbacks right now for the University of Michigan. You have McNamara and you have McCarthy, okay? So looking at all the quarterbacks under Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh is the QB guru. He's supposed to handpick these That's fucking yet to be determined. prodigy quarterbacks, okay? So looking at all the quarterbacks right now, you have a lot of them, okay? Do you see that this year's quarterback core, because obviously we've already established on this podcast that quarterbacks is the salt of the team. Rasalt Wilson, yes. So, so we're going to – Rasalt Wilson, that's a good one. <laughs> so we're going to start with the QB side of the ball. Um, do you think that the QB position is at its strongest under Jim Harbaugh's belt this year than the previous years? Um, that's a load question. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's yeah. Because you want to have you want to have optimism coming into this game this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So do you think that Michigan at least has a chance against Ohio State? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I got because get, we I gotta learned give them a chance. Yes. Right. Because we learned that Ohio State this year is actually vulnerable. Right. Like, Lost to Oregon at home. Exactly. So we know that Ohio State can be beaten this year, and we have to break it down between three teams: Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan. Out of the three teams, who do you think has the best chance against Ohio State? Because uh, we have to assume, because Ohio State is at the top of the rankings right now, like within all the t- those teams well, that I just Yeah, listed. they're the top dog in the Big Ten for sure still. Exactly. So they're the best team in the Big Ten, and they're actually number four on the spec. Like, right? They're ranked no, number no, four. No, they're like um, 10, no, 11 now, I think. I don't, don't quote me. I don't know the AP by heart. I wish I did. But okay, so they're still higher ranking than Ohio State. Or not Ohio State, I, Michigan State, Michigan, and then Penn State. Yeah, I can confidently say that they are the best team in the Big Ten still because Michigan and Penn State have been proven that they're better than Ohio State. Yet. So out of the three teams, who do you think has a better chance? Probably Penn State, to be quite honest. Penn State? Yeah, to be honest with you, probably Penn State. What does what area of the football needs to improve before that game for Michigan? For Michigan? Yeah. Uh, everything. <laughs> um, I, okay, so here's, here's you know one concern. I don't think our running game – has been great versus Big Ten teams. Now, I know Wisconsin actually has Michigan does. State has a better running game than Michigan right now. I'm going to be completely honest with you. That's that's ballsy. I don't know if I agree with that. I think they Come have. On. Walker's been, been going crazy this I year. I don't know if their running game overall is better though. But hold on. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. I keep interrupting. You're good. You're good. Um, versus Big Ten teams this year, this is Michigan only 2.8 yards per carry. So I know they went to Wisconsin. Wisconsin has the number one rushing defense in the Big Ten. But if you do, you know, we're talking about beating Ohio State. If you want to beat those teams, you're going to have to run the ball for more than 2.8 yards a clip. All right? That's not – 100%. That, yeah, that's not cutting out. 2.8 yards, if we're giving it to Haskins and it's third and two and fourth and two, I'm good with that. That's getting us the first down, getting us a touchdown. Depends on the situation, wherever it may be. You know, my other concern is I don't hate our wideouts, but I don't necessarily love them either. You know, you got Roman Wilson, 
Mike Sainer still, and then Cornelius Johnson. Now Cornelius Johnson is probably the one with the most potential. I know he's six foot three. Uh, not don't quote me on his weight. Looks about two fifteen. He's a good receiver, big, strong. He's going to be in the NFL. He's going to be an NFL guy. Besides that, I mean, you see a lot of underneath stuff to Roman Wilson. He's good with the yards after the catch, but I'm just not sold on them. They haven't proven me, or they're not proven to me. And then at the quarterback position, and I hate to say this because, I mean, you know, Michigan, as, as you've brought up, Jim Harbaugh is supposed to be this quarterback guru, and he's not. At least I can't say that he is. You know, he's pulled in great recruits and stuff, but there's a reason the guy keeps on getting grad transfer after grad transfer after grad transfer to start for his team because he's not liking the way any of his recruits are playing. Now, we'll see. Maybe J.J. McCarthy will change that narrative here in a few games, and we're going to get to him in a second. I do like Cade McNamara. He's a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes. You know, like I said, he's never he has not turned the ball over in his career. He only played, like, two games last season and then, you know, started all five this season. Has not turned the ball over. Um, He's a fantastic game manager. I like him pre-snap, but I think it's brutally obvious when McCarthy takes the field for the seven to ten plays that he gets a game that he is 100% the more talented quarterback. And in my opinion, I don't know about you, Danny, I think that this team's ceiling is way higher with J.J. McCarthy at the helm. So I want to kind of dive deep into, because I see that in the notes right now, that you say that it's clear that McCarthy is more talented. But the thing that we keep taking away from each Michigan game is the passing game is not aggressive. And how can you say that when McNamara doesn't have enough attempts compared to other big-time quarterbacks within the league each game? And why would you put, why would you put I guess, McCarthy over McNamara if McNamara is still a decent quarterback at the end of the day and hasn't had enough um, time to prove that he is actually the established quarterback for Michigan? That's a fair question. I think that, you know, when you watch them play, you've seen McCarthy hasn't thrown extensively this year, but when he has, it's down the field and he puts it right in the bread basket. He had a, oh God, what was it? Our first game? Yeah, I think, no, I think it was when we played, what, no, so yeah, it was our first game. Uh, Western Michigan had that absolutely great throw where he got nailed, knew he was going to get hit, still delivered a great ball. He had the throw late uh, this past weekend against Wisconsin to Baldwin, like a 60-yard touchdown. Actually, I don't think it was a touchdown, but it was like a 60-yard pass. You see him on the read options. He's got great speed. It's clear that he's a better athlete than McNamara, and McNamara hasn't, played bad you know he like I said he's it's hard for me to find bad things to say about him because he hasn't done a lot wrong but he also hasn't done a lot good you know like you know who he reminds me of if we were to do an NFL comparison uh God rest his knee because the guy almost like died when he screwed up his knee he reminds me a lot of Alex Smith when he was a when he was the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback so I'm just trying to piece this together you're Why'd telling you say, me, ooh, Alex Smith wasn't a bad quarterback. Yeah, he wasn't a bad quarterback, but at but, the end but of the day, uh. he, can't you see how I can compare them to? But like, find very good things to say about Alex Smith. 
He was a great game manager, wasn't he? Yeah. Didn't make a lot of mistakes. No. Not that athletic. Decent arm, but nothing crazy. Yeah. He's Alex. Somewhat he's of a leadership. the college football version of Alex Smith with the Chiefs. Yeah. And then, who did the Chiefs, Chiefs draft that replaced Alex Smith? Patrick Mahomes. J.J. McCarthy is Patrick Mahomes. See. I rest my case. I don't know about that, though. That's the thing. So what I'm trying to piece together is that you would rather have McCarthy because he makes more big plays down the field than McNamara, who can make more consecutive five-yard passes. So, like, let's say that he goes eight for ten and just keeps striking five-yard passes down the middle, okay? So he's going 80%. But then you have McCarthy come in, and he's throwing 20-yard darm or darms, dimes um, going five for ten. You would rather have him go five for ten with less um, completions than – have more of a consecutive passer. Um, not I'm not necessarily. I, I'm not saying that McCarthy because we don't even know McCarthy may be a, a better. He may have a better percentage too. We know he has a better arm with strength wise. He may have a better percentage too. I just think that he's all around a better quarter, better more talented quarterback. I can't say he's a better quarterback yet because he hasn't proven it, but. I do what I what I think though is I think Michigan's in a little bit of a of a, of a pickle here because you know McCarthy came to campus early he was an early enrollee so he was there all last winter from January on right so he's been there for a little bit longer and then we had these you know column preseason games against you know uh, Western well, I mean you guys played Western Kentucky but you know Western Michigan and all those other BS schools and then you finally start Big Ten play and. You know, my thing is, is the reason that you're seeing so much J.J. McCarthy slash Caden McNamara, you know, a two-quarterback system, is I think that Jim Harbaugh's mind and Josh Gaddis's mind isn't necessarily made up. I think that the second that Cade McNamara throws an interception or fumbles the ball, you're going to see J.J. McCarthy in. Because so, I know, think they so are, he knows his ass is on the line right now, Oh, basically. I think so, yeah. There's a fire that's lit under his ass right now. So well, you are going to see – do you think you're going to see more progression within his game now? You're going to see more of a player that's going to basically explode right in front of our eyes because the fire is going to be lit under his ass, or is he going to fall under pressure I, and McCarthy's going to take over? That's a good one. Um, I do think it's inevitable that McCarthy will take over probably this season – but, I mean, it just, it just really depends on, on how – I don't really know much about Cade's personality. but and, and it's also hard, too, because he can't necessarily call his own plays. You know, that's a more of an NFL thing than a college thing. And the college is kind of like, you know, hey, you're running the plays I'm telling you to run. And I think that, you know, you see, um, you know, when Cade's a quarterback, it's a lot of those, you know, check down, this, that. McCarthy comes in, sling it for 60 yards. I know he plays way less, so you know the sample size isn't great there. But I don't think Jim Harbaugh's mind is necessarily really made up. I don't think that's going to work against really good teams, though. That's the thing, slinging it down the field for 60 yards or maybe even like a 40-yard pass. Like That's just putting more of a risk on turning the ball over than actually just getting the first down, just throwing it for 10 yards, because you can do that against like Nebraska or Northwestern, who who are your next two games before Michigan State. So I think that McNamara is not going to screw up within the next two games because these are just poor teams that they're going to be able to walk over. But then when it comes to games like Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State, I feel like we're going to see McCarthy come in because McNamara might fall under pressure. Um, See, that's the thing I'm worried about is like, Yes, I believe in McCarthy, but 
I'm not sure if I want to give him his first start, like, on the road at Spartan Stadium yeah. as a true freshman. I mean, that's it's very, very intimidating. And here's where I think Michigan screwed up is if, is if you weren't 100% decided, let's say that you were 60-40 Cade uh, McCarthy on who's your starter, you know, a couple weeks before the season, and you, you sit there and you think, and I, I do, I mean, there's no way that, Jim can't think that the team's ceiling is higher under McCarthy. It's got it is. It's I mean basically factual. The time to play him would be next game, because or you look na- at it. Yes, now that and that's why I think you they would have up. To, because you would have to see if McCarthy has what it takes to play against Michigan State, which you would have to play him against Nebraska. And then if he doesn't perform well against Nebraska, you'll just start McCart uh, McNamara against Northwestern. And then. If McCarthy does do good, though, against Nebraska, you could start him against Northwestern, get him a little bit more warmed up, maybe play Cade in the second half. And then you just pick your quarterback from there against Michigan State when you're going inside Spartan Stadium on the road. And if it, if I was the coach, like if, if it was my decision, if I was Jim Harbaugh, I was 60-40, you know, I like McNamara a little bit more. I think McCarthy is really good. He's raw. He's got a lot to grow. But I inevitably think that the ceiling is higher with him why not just play him week one? There's no way you're losing those three games against Western Michigan. And I don't know why I can't remember who the hell else they played. But Scrum. Um, they're just scums. Yeah, yeah. They're scrub Washington, teams. Washington. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, another one. There's like no that. way you're losing those games. People were a little bit skeptical about the Washington game, but I think we quickly realized that we're a much better team than them. You're not losing those three games. So what are you losing? I mean, they lost against Montana, so for week one, Washington. Oh, no, no. But I was talking about Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Washington, we knew that they were going to be bad going into that game because they lost against Montana week one, and then right. Michigan had them week two. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, what are you losing by playing Kate, or what are you losing by playing J.J. McCarthy in those games? Because we already established there's no way you're losing. Should have played him against Western. Exactly, because we wouldn't because we wouldn't be sitting here dealing with this. Oh my gosh. I think we're a lot better with McCarthy on the field, but we don't exactly have enough time for him to get acclimated to being a starter before he has to face an extremely intimidating Michigan State team and an extremely intimidating because every Michigan year it's State a coin flip. What's up? I say I say that matchup every single season. It doesn't matter how good the teams are; it's a coin flip every single season between Michigan and Michigan State on who's going to win. I think that Michigan State actually has the upper hand in this matchup, to be honest with you, because they have more of an established quarterback that is actually being more consistent than both the Michigan uh, quarterbacks. And you're definitely more I aggressive th- than our offenses. I think that you guys have a really good running back core. Don't get me wrong. None of the p- players that are the on the Michigan Wolverines, both of those players are not better than Kenneth Walker. But you guys do have more talent behind the first running back. So, like, you guys have more talented players. Deeper. Exactly. It's just the depth chart is way deeper. Yep. Who's backing up uh, Walker? It's Hayward, right? I, yeah, but... He's a unit, bro. Hayward is a unit. Absolute unit. I Like, if I was on the football team, dude... If but I was he's, on not gonna football play, team, he's not going to play good against Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan, though. Um Hayward, though that's he's the great thing. in short yardage. Though I mean, he's a he's yeah. a handful. To he's tackle. a red zone. He's a red zone guy where he can just punch the ball in through the offensive line of scrimmage. Um, but the thing is, is that Michigan State's rush defense is very, very good. And you guys are trying to establish this run game all throughout the season because you guys have a crazy amount of times for carries um, throughout the season. So I think that Michigan state's rush defense is going to be able to shut you guys down and it's going to get to a point because that's why 
uh, to bring it all back, why I brought up your guys' QB position. Because the thing is, is that it's going to be coming down to the passing for Michigan in order to beat Michigan State. And I think that Michigan State's rush defense is going to be able to stop Michigan's running. And you guys are still in a position where you guys don't even know who your starting quarterback is. Well, we yeah, yeah. It's you do, Katie. but you don't. Yeah, yeah. We do, but we don't. That's fair. I don't know. It It's just, hey, you know what's a lot better than, you know, dealing with what we're dealing right now, right now? It's a lot better than being like, oh, damn, it's only October and both of our college teams fucking suck. And we know that we're trash. We're both 5-0 and for the first time in a while. And unless something really weird happens, it looks like we're both going to be undefeated going into the matchup. I'm super stoked for that. And it's just the fact that, I mean, I cannot express that how, how much of a relief it was as a Michigan fan to see this team do something they weren't expected to do and to go into an extremely hostile environment, Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin, and not just beat the Badgers. And I know the Badgers, you know, they're a little bit down this year. Not just beat them, absolutely wiped the floor with them. They were not better than us in any facet of the game at any point in the game. We beat the crap out of them. Graham Mertz looked horrible. We injured we injured him. Uh, Dax Hill was a huge hit. And I don't know, dude. It just it feels great to say that. And I think we I think we should wait we until we have our predictions. I mean, you're going to obviously say Michigan. I'm going to obviously say Michigan State when it comes down to the matchup, when we're talking about it maybe a couple days before. And in reality, it's, it's just a, it's a close but let's Close see game. how the next two weeks go. I predict that they're going to be both 7-0 before the matchup. I'm predicting also that Michigan State is going to stomp all over Michigan, to be honest with see, you, because I like we're better Michigan. all around Okay, football. that's a lie. No, you, were, you were literally Jaden uh, Reed, absolute uber speed. One Jalen Reed punt return touchdown that should have never happened away from losing <laughs> to Nebraska. Boo, Mitch, boo. Just admit that Michigan State is actually good this season, and they have a chance. Got absolutely clapped this week. Are you gonna play that one sound bit of me getting my absolute my cheeks absolutely clapped um, when Michigan State is defeated by Michigan? Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. I'll leave the podcast as soon as you press that button. I'm probably gonna make you wear some Michigan gear too. That's right. a hat. I've already can done we, that once this we, year. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to no, do it again. Yeah, noted trader Danny Lusai. I went undercover, dude. I don't know why you keep saying that I'm a trader. I just went undercover. I just had to see Michigan Stadium once in my life. You were literally singing Worse. the fight song. No, I was not. Yes, you. Were. I don't even know the fight song. Uh, yes, you do. Hail to the victors. Hail to the <laughs> fucking the. You're trying so hard not to like be in flow with it right now. Hail to the victors. <laughs> that was fucking. Kobe Schmidt Twain. All right, you guys just heard the voice of great Charles Barkley and the TNT crew. And uh, what makes you think more of Charles Barkley? NBA. NBA time, man. NBA. It's early October. Spook season is officially here. <laughs> uh, basketball is right around the corner. And with that being said, me and Danny wanted to end the podcast and give you guys a little bit of the taste in the NBA because we are going to be talking. It's going to be a lot more 50-50 in about three weeks here when the regular season kicks off. You know when like a NBA. kid's like basically waiting for Christmas to come around the corner. It's like three weeks before Christmas. I and still he keeps checking today. under the like Christmas tree and like shaking the boxes. That's basically how I am right now it's with the NBA cat. coming back. And I'm honestly so stoked to be talking about them because I was looking at my fantasy app and it's just some weird app. It's called Sleeper. 
Uh, we do fantasy basketball every year with me and a couple of the guys, actually, that you've worked with uh, in the past and where we met. Um, a couple of the guys, we're just basically looking and uh, setting it up. And the thing is, is that I'm looking at all the players and I'm looking at all the teams. And I can I can give you five teams that I'm excited to watch. Can all you right. can you give me five teams? I, I can give you five teams. You want to go one for one? Yeah, for sure. All right, go ahead. What's your? Give me your number one. Or no, start with five. Your least. Well, I mean, five still pretty high, but give me five on your list. I'm gonna get view number five, and it's gonna be the Knicks. Okay, why? Why are you excited to watch? I'm New excited York? to watch the Knicks. I'm fucking walking here, Danny. Jesus Christ! I'm walking I'm and I'm walking watching here. basketball, and basketball in New York is actually pretty hype. And I've never seen both the teams actually be playoff contenders at the same time. I don't think it, we've like barely seen the Knicks be playoff contenders in our life. Well, we watched Carmelo. <laughs> yeah, but that's about it. They had a couple nice. But then years. before that, it was what when back in the nineties when they had John Stark, when they had John, Charles Oakley. <laughs> yeah, John Stark, Ewing. Like they were just not good before Carmelo. You had a couple good years with Carmelo, but it wasn't promising because you knew they were going nowhere with Miami Heat team right. that LeBron had. But all right, so I want to basically uh, say that the New York Knicks are finally good again. And it's exciting to watch because they actually have a well-structured basketball team. It's not just Carmelo and friends. It's actually Julius Randle. You have Kemba Walker that just joined the team. Then you have Evan Fournier that just joined the team. Uh, Then you also have R.J. Barrett, who's just been explosive. No one thought that R.J. Barrett was going to be like this in the NBA. Had a ton of growth from his rookie to his sophomore year. It was very noticeable. It was hard to believe in a player like that when he was standing behind Zion. I'm not – no, I'm going to say that Zion – was the best team on Duke or player on Duke. polarizing, yeah. Exactly, and he had the most attention, and to see basically an understudy like R.J. Barrett come into the NBA and actually thrive is actually dope to see because I actually liked R.J. Barrett, to be honest with you, when he was on Duke. I just thought that he didn't give get as many opportunities as Zion did because Zion was basically just the basketball um, prodigy at the time. So I think that the Knicks are going to make a good run this year. I think that they'll at least get number five on the Eastern Conference board. Um, the Knicks have always been a team that I've liked because, I mean, I was always a Carmelo Anthony fan when he was on the Denver Nuggets, and then he went to the Knicks, and then I was just kind of like on the hype train with him. Uh, so I've actually just liked the way that they built their basketball team, though defensively and offensively. They have just all-around good good players that I want to see thrive. Plus, Danny's got New York ties. Yeah, i got New York ties, and that's why... Um, Danny takes the PJ to Soho on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. I do. By PJ, I mean private jet. I hope everyone knows that. They're all just like, what? Danny wears PJs to Soho on the weekends? I rock my own outfits. I don't care what the freaking meta is when it comes oh to God. the outfits. All right. Uh, are you, you done with your, your New Yorkage over there? Yeah, I am. All right. Number five for me. Uh, give me the Golden State Warriors. Really, really excited to see. First of all, how Clay Thompson looks after not playing basketball in what seems like three years. Um, Clay Thompson, you know, you got Jordan Poole, who I think is one of the more underrated coach or coaches, one of the more underrated players in the league. And then, of course, Steph Curry had a resurgence season last year. It kind of feels weird to say that for one of the like 15 greatest players of all time, probably, but had a fantastic year. Could have almost taken home the MVP in most seasons. But, uh, yeah, I got Golden State at five. 
I think that the new rule that just came out with defenders, or not defenders, but offensive shooters Huge jumping fan. into the defenders, finally being done with, is Thank actually God. awesome. Thank God. I, I love that rule that just came out, to be honest with you, because it makes it more fair now. And I think that Steph Curry as a player does it a lot. I'm not going to lie. So to see that that rule is coming into play now, I think that the three-point shooting in Golden State is going to go down and... I don't think that their front court is actually promising either. Um, I think Andrew Wiggins is a player that needs to get vaccinated. (laughs) 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 Um, Get vaccinated or get fired. Right, right. But you have him, you have Draymond Green, who's just, I mean, he's getting older. I, I don't know. Uh, James Wiseman is not promising at all. I, I just want to point my finger more towards James Wiseman or yeah, James Wiseman, other than Draymond Green, because Draymond Green is still a good player, uh, in my opinion, on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not going to say anything towards his offense because we all know that's garbage. We That's a known thing. I think Golden State is a team to look at, though. Um, I'm really excited for Klay Thompson coming back. I think that his catch-and-shoot ability is well-needed for that team. I think that he is the piece that actually makes it come together, other than Steph Curry's playmaking, of course. Um, but the three-point shooting is going to be very good for the team, but I don't think it's going to be um, a lot. I think the attempts are going to go down, to be honest with you, because now the jumping into the defender role is going to just basically make the shooter watch what they're doing. So I think that Golden State is a really good team, but I'm really not optimistic on them finishing above four in the West, to be honest with bad, you. That's not bad, though, if they get four. Uh, no, that's not bad at all, to be honest with you. But we've watched the Golden State Warriors team be number one every single season. And I, I think, think Kelly Oubre and Wiggins are not it. They need to get rid of Wiggins and they need to get rid of Oubre in order for them to be good. I think James Wiseman can stay Oubre on the team. Is on the Hornets now? Did, not, did I fuck up? And, oh. I think Oubre is on the Hornets. Dude, I don't know. Is he? Give me, give me your number. Give me your fourth team and I will tell you in about two seconds. I don't, I don't even think it matters. I think it's just like Golden State in general is a team to watch. But they just have their holes, obviously, and that's going to be the center side of the ball more, and that's just going to be Andrew Wiggins. He needs to step up, and he needs to get vaccinated in order for them to actually in have order a chance this year. for them to play him at home? Yeah. Yeah, hey, uh, Coach, I can't play in, like, 42 of our games. Sorry. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, is that this is a league that – so let's talk about the vaccination thing real quick because I feel like that's oh, – well, we got to give them our teams first. All right, let's give them the teams We'll real give quick. them our teams. And Bulls then- at number four. Bulls at four. Bulls By at the way, four. Ubre is on the Hornets. Oh, good job. <laughs> You're like, oh, I saw him dumb. There's a lot of moves <laughs> in the NBA. It's hard to keep up. No, yeah, there is. Okay, why you got Bulls at four? Because I am excited to watch Vucevic play as center. I'm excited to see DeMar DeRozan and Levine play together. That is going to be very – those are going to be the top scorers on the team, obviously. Vucevic is going to have his double-double nights, obviously, also. Um I think that Levine is a very complete player. I think that he is not going to fall in shambles because all this talent's coming to his team now. I think that he's going to thrive in this environment. And to piece it all together at power, uh, point guard is somebody that I didn't believe in when he first stepped into the league. But now I'm having more optimism on him. And I think that his playmaking and three-point shooting is all that the team needs. It's going to be Lonzo Ball. To be honest with you, I am falling in love with Lonzo Ball's game, and I think that this – go ahead. My cheeks got absolutely clapped this By Lonzo Ball. What? By by Lonzo Ball. (laughs) 
I'm talking about his basketball skills, okay? And I think that his play, I think that his playmaking is gonna be the thing that's gonna piece this entire team team together. <laughs> You're making me go off track out here. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me seem like like I love Lonzo Ball that like I go home and I open up my door to my bedroom and I have Lonzo Ball posters all over my room. You do you do. think that do you think that I'm that kind of guy? Why would you lie to the audience like that, Danny? <laughs> okay, maybe I do, but listen. Oh, the Bulls definitely a team to watch this season. Absolutely. My number 4 uh going down south to Florida with uh with the Florida guys catching the uh the gator in the trash can. Did you see that video? No. What? This guy caught an alligator in a trash can. Like, the most Florida man thing that a Florida man could do. How much could a Florida man be a Florida man if a Florida man could Florida man? Florida. Florida. Yeah, love it. Miami Heat, baby. Miami Heat. Okay, so. What's your favorite thing? Oh, no, I'm just saying, what's your favorite thing about them? Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. I love that addition. Not Actually, you know, probably my favorite is Bam Adebayo. Just a, a unicorn of a center. You know, some guy that can handle the ball, step out, hit your hit your eighteen footer. He's working on his three point game. He's Don't lie. Fi- what? Don't lie. Jimmy Butler is the best player on that team, and he's oh the one yeah, that Jimmy Butler is the best player. But I'm most excited. All of them together. Jimmy Butler is the best player for like a solid six more months. Bam Adebayo is going to be better than him this year. You think so? Yeah, he is a good pickup I mean, in fantasy. Compare- That's going to be a good pickup in fantasy. Bam Adebayo. It's going to be. It's. I mean, it's hard to compare them because they're di- two different positions. But I just think that Bam's going to. Kind of slide into the number one attraction. The very complete team, to be very honest complete. with you. No, I love him. Eric Spolstra is a great coach. I think the addition of Kyle Lowry, not only do you have Jimmy Butler, who is a great leader, a ton of toughness, plays with a chip on his shoulder. Obviously, you know, basically called everyone. Everywhere else he played soft and then left. <laughs> that hasn't happened yet in Miami, so I'm going to take it that things are going well. You got Jimmy Butler, who's a great leader. You add Kyle Lowry to the mix, a guy who his on-court performance can speak for itself, and his off-court performance is basically just as good. You combine that with Spolstra, fantastic head coach, Ben Adebayo just oozing potential, only getting better. He's already really good. I think the Miami Heat are going to be great this year. I I, I like them to get home court advantage. I, w- I would have them as number six, to be honest with you. Really? On my, six? On my list. No, like on the list of teams we're oh, looking okay, to watch. Okay, so you're excited for the Heat. I'm too. also excited for the Heat, honestly. Okay, I think fair. that they're going to be a really good team this year. All right, number three. Um, I have the Houston Rockets. Yeah. We're going we're going <laughs> to Houston here. And my favorite thing about them is Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be Jalen Green. I like Jalen Green. As a Michigan or not – Michigan uh, State fan, but uh, as a Detroit Pistons fan, I should hate him. To be honest with you, Jalen yeah, Green, really should. I should hate him. But the thing is that I've always been high on Jalen Green. Um, I I'm going like to get Jaylen you Green. the uh, picture or the shirt of uh, Kate Cunningham crossing him over <laughs> <laughs> in the summer league. Yeah, I get that for you. I'm excited to watch their um, their rookies. So you have. You have Jalen Green, and then I'm not going to say Kevin Porter Jr. is a rookie. I'm going to say he's a second year. So I'm excited to see their second years and first years. So I'm excited to see Jay Sean Tate also. Yep. And then Christian Wood, he's not, um, he's not first could, or second year, but I'm still put say, him in that group of young players, though. Yeah. So I would say that Christian Wood is also a player that is going to be very promising this year, and I think he's going to be at least a top ten center. Facts. Okay. My number three, Chicago Bulls. 
for basically all the same reasons that you said the Chicago Bulls. So I guess we're not going to go too much into it. But yeah, Lonzo Ball, you know, he was super, super hyped up coming out of college. We don't really have to tell any of you guys that. Everyone, you know, who was into sports on earth knew Lonzo Ball, knew LeVar Ball. Unfortunately for most of us, we knew LeVar Ball. But, you know, Lonzo has really turned his career around. His jumper compared from now to when he first came to the league, not only is he shooting way better statistically, but it actually looks like he was taught how to shoot properly now, which I would hope so, being in the NBA for like four years. So, uh, yeah, I got the Chicago Bulls. Combined with, you know, they got, you know, Vucevic. Um, why am I blanking on? Uh, Caruso. Yeah, there we go. Caruso. Yeah. Caruso, they, Kobe White also. They have death Kobe behind. White, this is not fantastic uh, second-year guard out of North Carolina. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, they're they're looking good this year. Um, sucks that the Pistons are in their division because they have to play them four times this year. So that could be four losses. But uh, what's your number two? My number two would be the Nets. Um, here comes bandwagon, James Harden fan, Danny Lutz out here. I just think that James Harden, um, Uncle Moses, and Kevin Durant are still going to be able to win the championship this year against the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm going to put them at number one overall. I think that their team is just going to be unstoppable if they can stay healthy. And we saw this season that all three of the big three players that are on the nuts got injured. And you even said it. It was just one of the things that is just too much hype that's on the team. And it was just we fumbled the bag against the Bucs because we were able to beat the Bucs, to be honest with you. You had James Harden that had a grade two hamstring injury. Uh, playing against the Bucks, who was not at full potential, James Harden, obviously, so he played a little bit more laid back. You had Kevin Durant that scored 50 points basically every single night well, you, of that series. You were you were one Kevin Durant shoe size away from hit going to the finals. Yeah. Remember his foot was on the line for that three? Right. But I can't say that that's the reason why we didn't go to the finals. Honestly, we were blowing <laughs> We were just blowing open opportunities and we were just shorthanded the entire time and it was like one of the things that Kevin Durant, yes, he was playing unstoppable. He was able to thrive um, all throughout 48 minutes of the game, but the thing is that you can't depend on Dur- Kevin Durant to do that every single night when you have James Harden and Kyrie Irving also on the team. And especially Kyrie was at just, his age. Exactly, especially at his age with the injuries that he has sustained. I think that Kyrie Irving, if he can play in the playoffs, they can win the finals and they can basically sweep every single team if Kyrie Irving is able to play a freaking playoff game. And we or just never game. see him a play game. a playoff game or a home game either. Because he's not vaccinated. Exactly. He's walking with the walking stick. He's just playing religious poke. Kyrie. And he's not getting vaccinated. And the thing is, is that, all right, see, I want to get into the vaccination because it just revolves around we our. This, that, that, you know how long this episode will be if we start talking vaccine? We're at 52 minutes right now. <laughs> all right, for sure. This episode will be way too long. All right, let me wrap up the nuts real quick because this is a team that's going to be basically um, – projected to go to the finals and win the finals this year. Top three team, I would say. I'd agree. So if they can stay healthy, Kyrie can play a playoff game. James Harden is able to play like he has been. He just got unlucky last year. I think that James Harden is a player that is very um, not easily injured. What? And then you have Kevin Durant that has (laughs) basically dropped 50 points each game and has already proved that he can be a piece, obviously, that can win the finals. So I think that the supporting cast is also good for the Nuts, and it just seems like the team is ready to take the finals this year if they can stay healthy. 
All right. Numero dos for me and excited to watch L.A. Lakers. No shocker here. I'm a LeBron guy. That's noted. You're adding Westbrook to that team. You're adding Melo to that team. Literally everyone went to the Lakers this year. So I'm super, super stoked to see, you know, it's just, it's another year that continues the narrative. Is LeBron going to get to the finals? Is LeBron going to, you know, get another ring inch closer to MJ? We all know he's going to end up, you know, better than MJ and basically every career statistics besides finals wins. Um, so we'll have to see what happens with that. But I mean, yeah, it's, uh, not no hot takes here, guys. Obviously, the Lakers are a huge commodity as it is, and you take into fact that they had the offseason that they did. I'm super stoked to watch them. I'm super ex- excited to watch the Golden State, not Golden State, LA Lakers, because LeBron is still the best player in the NBA and has always been the best player in the NBA. So I think that watching him expand his legacy and being able to win another ring this season, I'm very Excited to look forward to LeBron making a playoff push this season. And he needs um, his players to be basically healthy. So like Anthony Davis um, and Russell Westbrook. So those three players right there being on a team alone is going to be very exciting to watch. Okay, so we're going to say number one. Both of our number ones at the same time, okay? Both of our number ones. On three. Ready? One, two, three. Detroit Detroit Pistons. Pistons. Yep. That probably sounded so cool, bro. No, I just knew. I just thought that it was funny that both of them are number ones for us. We're homers. What can we What can we say? We are Detroit people. Because you have Mom's people that spaghetti. are in Detroit that wear jerseys that are L.A., the Bulls, Miami, Knicks. We whatever. call those people bandwagon Dannys. Yeah. So bandwagon I just Danny. think that we should take more pride in our team and basically always put them number one. And they've always been number one for me, even though I've always liked other teams also. But I've just wanted to say that the Detroit Pistons are going to actually be worth watching this season. I think that they're – prediction my prediction on them is that they're going to make the play-in tournament and they're going to at least win play-in tournament chance we've been saying that since last season and I think that this team is actually very well structured to be honest with you with the three-point shooting the defense the front court you had Ben Wallace that was working with Stu we've always been saying that dude we've been saying that the comparison is right there do you think that's do you think that's why do you think they heard our podcast yeah they said hey Hey, Danny Lutai is one hell ben, of a smart man. Ben, he can make know. comparisons. We heard this podcast that said that you should work with Beef Stew, and we would like to invite you to training camp. I think that that's a lot of promise right there, having veterans like that step up and teach these young guys how to how to basically be comfortable with their play style. And we can see that Stu is definitely comparable to Ben Wallace, and I think that that's going to be a very good – um, thing to watch is the development of these rookies. And I think Sadiq Bey is going to have a very good three-point shooting percentage this season. I think that Cade is going to be – he's going to be a good good rookie. He's going to put up good rookie numbers. I don't think that he's going to fucking explode. But I think that Cade is going to play his part and he's going to live up to the hype. I think he might explode. You think so? I And I'll tell you why. Because Well, hold on. Are you done first? Jeremy Grant also is a very good player to watch too. He is a – Gold medal Olympian. I mean, you have that experience right there, too. Yeah, you can go ahead, but I wanted to kind of scratch on a rumor real quick. Okay. All right, yeah, we, we can do that after. Um, Yeah, I, I think 
Cade, well, yeah, of course. You know, I got the Pistons, my number one most excited team to watch. Uh, of course, yeah, I'm biased. I'm a homer. I love what Troy Weaver has done with this organization. He's completely he's, – he's done a Mel Tucker, too. Well, actually, I guess Mel Tucker did a Troy Weaver. <laughs> he kind of just came in and completely turned everything right around, basically. Uh, I love the selection of Cade Cunningham. Jeremy Grant, as we said, gold medal Olympian. That speaks for itself besides the fact that he had a absolutely huge breakout year last year. You know, you, you add the fact that you got Beef Stew training with Ben Wallace – you got guys coming off the bench that are serious role players now, like Frank Jackson. I'm super, super excited to watch this team. And that's why I think that it is prime for Cade to have a better-than-expected rookie years because he is not going, you know, like Jalen Green, it's him or Kevin Porter, basically, on the on the wings, you know. Cade is not going to be the first option. At least I don't think he will be, you know. I'm assuming it's going to be Jeremy Grant and then Cade. I think him working as a number two rather than a number one is going to be – it's going to do a lot for him. But and we've been saying that Jeremy Grant is – well, I've been saying at least that Jeremy Grant is not a number one player. But he will be this year. You think that he'll be a number one player this Over year? Over Cade this year. But I bet – I guarantee you next year uh, Cade's the Okay, one. comparing him to the team that he's on, the teammates that he's on, yes, he will be number one. But I don't think that in a playoff spectrum – I agree, yeah. That he would be the t- player that brings us the championship. I, he can't I would, be the yeah, number one. I would one. agree with that. I'm he just saying to be the number this two. year he'll be the number one on the team. I agree. I think that Jeremy Grant is a very good player, though. Don't get me wrong; I would love to, I love having him on the team. And then we we got other guys like Luca Garza. Like I'm just I'm so excited to watch the Pistons this year. I th- I think Luca Garza could be the steal of the draft. And you know what? I think we should make a bet. I've always been saying that uh, Sadiq Bay is uh, the second coming of Clay Thompson. Um, I think we should uh, make a little bet here. I'm high just, on Sadiq just, Bay, though. Just. I, okay, the, you you don't have to be low on him for this, though. Well, we did laugh right. at you. Me and Anthony did laugh and at Matt, you for that comparison. And Matt. And Matt. Matt laughed at me, too. Matt Issa, uh, director, founder, CEO of The Quest for the Best. Um, yeah, Matt laughed at me. I think we should make a bet. Who has the better three-point percentage this year, Sadiq Bey or Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson. I say it's Sadiq Bey. First year, this is gonna be fun. I gear, I bet it's Sadiq Bay. Now, oh, I'm, now yeah. I'm laughing oh, at yeah. you again. Sadiq Bay, I can feel it. Oh, I could just smell it in the air, man. This is gonna like be Sadiq the day Bay. after Mitch pays me for this bet. My cheeks got absolutely clapped this week. <laughs> this fucking guy. All right, well, give me, give, give us your rumor. Okay, so you know who else is not a number one player that can bring a team to a playoff? Who? Um, it's going to be Ben Simmons. And I see a trade rumor right now that the Pistons are interested in acquiring Ben Simmons. They're one of the teams that are monks. No. Wanting to acquire him. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want this. Don't. I, I, I'm so happy this is a rumor. Troy Weaver is way smart in this. There's no way we're going after Ben Simmons. Who are we going to give up? Yeah, who? Like, what are we sending of Cade Cunningham? No! <laughs> what if they do? I, I, I can't even talk. I don't even know what I would do. But Cade Cunningham is basically the same play style, same build, 
Same position. He's not the same build as Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is way bigger than him, at least mus- muscle-wise. Muscle-wise, the, the height. Same height, yeah. I'd like to say the height, but I'd rather have him a little skinnier as a point guard because you want him to move a little quicker. Is it? Yeah, same here. A little bit more explosive. I think that Ben Simmons should not be on the Detroit Pistons, to be honest with you. That Never. is the worst trade rumor I've ever heard in my life. I, I know that Troy... I know that Troy Weaver is not dumb enough to acquire Ben Simmons, who basically bricks every fucking three he throws up. There's already enough construction in this broke-ass city. We don't need Ben Simmons working on his jump shot. We have enough bricks in the city, dude. Trust me. Yeah, we're good on that, Ben. The roads are made (laughs) out of fucking bricks, dude. Roads are made out of bricks. For the performance that the fucking Pistons have been putting up for the past 10 years, but this is the most promising since the 04, to be honest with you. Yes, sir. All right, you heard it here first. Ben Simmons, stay the fuck out of Detroit. Unless you're coming to play us. And uh, when you do come to play us, put up a lot of threes, please. Because we know you're not good at that. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. We'll catch you guys next time on episode 30 of Guys Being Dudes. Mitch McCartney and Danny Lusai signing off.